Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Well, hi, welcome back. We are um, talking through Hebrews 11, which is frequently called the Hall of Faith. And we have been really camping out on Hebrews eleven twenty two for the last couple of episodes. Um, we're talking about Joseph, and um, he just gets the one verse here in Hebrews, but he gets lots of screen time, so to speak, um, back in Genesis. And so we are talking through Joseph's life so that you have some context as to the passage in Hebrews um, so that it all kind of clicks together and makes sense. And we have been um, really kind of plugging through some of this. We have um, really tried to stick with a lot of the text and um, we recognize that we recognize that maybe we haven't been as conversational about some things as we usually are. Um, But we are just, um, we're kind of figuring this out as we go along. So we appreciate you bearing with us um, and um, kind of working through things as we go along. It's a new normal for us since we don't sit together anymore. We just look at each other on the screen, which is great that we're able to do that. But as everybody who listens knows, um, it's just not the same. And now we're going to jump into Hebrews um, 11. And um, Terry, you want to just touch on that for us? And then we'll go back to Genesis and we'll wrap up Joseph today. Okie doke. Hebrews 11, verse 22. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. So Joseph was, um, I was saying by faith, it's, he knew that they were going to leave Israel and they would end up in the land, Canaan, the promised land. And I kept thinking, wow, he, he never did get to see it. But he, um, but he knew that because of the stories of his father. He knew it was passed on to him. He knew they would become a, a nation. And he kept holding on to that. Now, he pretty much, I think he pretty much nationized himself. Because when they talk about the amount of people that came with, um, came with Jacob's family, how many people kind of came to Egypt, mm-hmm. I was underlining it as I'm going through. I'm in 46, Genesis 46. And so Leah. Can I just Leah, here real quick and sure. say that I love that you called it nationized himself. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Can I just tell you that I have no idea that I said that? It <laughs> <laughs> was great. That was a great himself. word. Yeah. He did. Well, so, but this is the part that kept shaking me up a little bit. I'm reading in 4615 of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, so Leah, the sons and daughters were 33 in all. I mean, wow. And that's just Leah. Leah. Yeah. Zilpah yeah. had 16. Yeah. Rachel had 14. No, um, Rachel had two. Mm-hmm. Rachel had no. two. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Joseph and Benjamin. Oh, no. You're right. In 22. You're right. So, 
I don't get this. The son of Dan. So, oh, no, 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 no. So these, they might be the grandchildren. Now that I'm looking at that. Yeah, right? those are the yeah. grandchildren. So they came through yeah. their line. Through okay, the line. Yeah. I want you to know it kind of bothered me. 33 kids scared me. <laughs> I was like, this is a lot. But now it makes a little more sense through Leah. Out of four sons, they ended up with 33 grandkids. I'm getting it now. And they don't count the women. So she probably had daughters mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So all in all, 70 people were of immediate family were coming in that caravan to Egypt. But then there were a lot of others too. This is just Jacob's immediate family that was coming. I'm settling down a little bit. <laughs> I just was like, I had to get through all those births. So I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine being having 33 kids? I mean, you're pregnant for 33 years. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Not necessarily, like you can have twins and stuff, but I don't know if that's a relief or anything. Anyway, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I don't know if that's, yeah. a, that's, that's twins a do run in the family. Yeah, you know, but even that's if you, that's a good point, <laughs> even if they were all twins, with the exception of one, right? Okay, because you have thirty-three. So right. if you had thirty-two and they were t- twins, that's sixteen sets of twins. That's oh. seventeen years at least of being pregnant, minimum. Okay. I need to calm down and just focus on the fact that they are grandchildren. Yes. <laughs> this did not happen. <laughs> I think the Guinness yeah. World Record is somewhere around there, like somewhere around 30. I, uh, oh, might goodness. be more. Yeah. I don't know. Mercy. I'll tell you what. I had horrible, horrible um, morning sickness until I was eight and a half months pregnant, literally, <gasps> with wow. my second one. Yeah. yeah, like in the hospital. I mean, it was so bad. Oh, it was geez. so bad. Um, I could not even imagine doing that 17 times. No, no. <laughs> I that would not be good. No. Okay, so, but all right. Go the ahead, birthing, Terry. the pregnancy and the birthing was bad, but then afterwards they got all that help. <laughs> it's true. All the yes. help them with the kids, raise That's them. That's a good attitude, Terry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's very true. Oh, yeah. I guess there's a give and take to all of it, right? Right, right. So, okay. Anyway, we so got anyway, off track here. Sorry yeah. to mess people up <laughs> yeah. right away, yeah. but I w- but the, it was just I was just counting how big is this caravan? And I think Pharaoh said, just have them leave what they've gotten because they're going to get everything they need in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And Jacob said, yeah, I got it. Okay, we're bringing everything. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like Jacob. <laughs> Pharaoh did say to bring their animals, though, right? I have no idea. That would be tell your yes. He says in, so. yeah. he says tell your brothers do this. Load your animals and return to the land of Canaan and bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land, Egypt, and you can enjoy the fat of the land. So he did. They did have to take their animals too. Yeah. Sure, that was part of it. And yeah. interestingly enough, as we keep moving through it, um, when they got to Goshen. Goshen? Let's Goshen. See. Mm-hmm. Goshen. Goshen. Yeah. yeah. When they got to Goshen, um, they wanted to stay separate from the Egyptians. Right. And that well, was interesting to me. Go ahead. And the yeah. Egyptians wanted them to stay separate, separate too, too. Because yes, the Egyptians they did. think being shepherds um, and tending animals and stuff was detestable and they didn't want them near them. Right. Yeah, And so that really worked out for them to have their animals. That was a way of them being able to stay separated. Mm-hmm. But the benefit of that was they were able to keep the Hebrew culture. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. See a lot, of, and and that's like a lot of what happens for us is like as you come into, um, uh, just assimilating into a country, into the country you're coming into. There's a lot of changes that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, people wanting to keep their culture mm-hmm. and keeping what's important to them, and this is one of the ways the Hebrews did that, and keeping their religion too, mm-hmm. because yeah. Egypt was certainly not the same religion. Right. So the Hebrews are monotheists. They're like, yeah. God is the only God. And the Egyptians had many had lots different of gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, they did. So it's, it's awesome that they are shepherds, livestock tenders. Um, and they, once they finally arrive in Egypt, you know, they know that they want to settle in Goshen um, because it's far apart. But then Joseph tells his brothers, he takes five brothers back to Pharaoh and presents Mm -hmm. them. And he kind of preps them. And he's like, when he asks you what you do, you tell them, you tell him that you are are livestock tenders. And Pharaoh is like, awesome. That's great. You go have the best land. You want to be in Goshen, go to Goshen. We'll give you the best land there. And then he says, um, This is the cool thing to me. It's in chapter 47, um, verse 6. He says, And if you know of any among them with special ability, talking about his brothers, Mm -hmm. if you know of any of them among them with special ability, put them in charge of my own livestock. So Joseph Joseph has this huge presence, right? Mm Because we know he started out as just this Hebrew cast off. And then he's risen up through power and he's acknowledged God all the way through. And now his faithfulness is not being rewarded just himself, but his faithfulness and his reputation is now rewarding his, his family, family. his Mm -hmm. whole family. Yeah. Yeah. The family that tossed him in a pit and sold him into slavery. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and Pharaoh is seeing like, listen, you you must be you're legit, and so there must be some really yeah. good upbringing for you too. So mm-hmm. I'm trust that this is your family as well, and he gives them all this responsibility. So now Joseph's family is not just in charge of the the wheat and the food and the everything else, but now even the livestock, even the livestock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a huge trust point (laughs) because they now, this one family now controls all of the food production. Yeah. So in a time of famine, in a time of famine. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that was interesting a little bit further down to in verse 10, 47, 10 is then Jacob blessed Pharaoh and and went out from his presence. That's Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting thing that he did that. Yeah. And I, I also think Pharaoh is amazingly kind and good. You know, wanting to make sure that Joseph's family is settled, wanting to make sure that everything's set. Well, I think he had a great affection for Joseph. I mean, Joseph saved the whole nation of mm-hmm. Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this particular Pharaoh was very cognizant of the fact that it, without Joseph and without Joseph's God, Mm-hmm. they would have all been in trouble. Um, there you go. Jacob was representing this God of Joseph. God. Too. Yeah. 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 So, I, yeah. Because I was thinking, how, how would a Pharaoh feel getting a blessing from someone else? Like, Pharaoh's the top. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if this Pharaoh was like, yeah, you know what? There's someone else out here. Well, he I does. I, I've been trying to look for it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can't find it. But in here... 
um, he says, you know, God, your God has given you this, your God. This, yeah, your God this. there's so, an acknowledgement by right. Pharaoh that there is, that, that Joseph's God is yep. somebody for sure. From the very time that he interprets his yeah. dream. Yeah. So we're looking at, and, and the whole part of this is looking at the faith. And mm-hmm. as we see in this part, to me, Jacob's presence, his, not Jacob, Joseph's presence, his behavior, his decisions are testimony. Mm-hmm. He's testifying to who God is. He's testifying yeah. to the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. God didn't have to send a dream. Right. No. But he did. And God cared for the people of Egypt too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The area. So how much of an example is that to us? Because Joseph wasn't out pounding on the doors. Joseph wasn't going to Pharaoh and saying, you're wrong and you're a <laughs> sinner and your gods are garbage and it's my God or no God. Turn or burn, mm-hmm. baby. You know, <laughs> he was quietly. He just lived it. He lived it. Yeah. He yeah. Quietly doing what he was called to do. Mm-hmm. And he was speaking truth. Mm-hmm. but he was speaking it in humility and yeah. in love. And he's like, listen, this, you know, these dreams are legit. These dreams mm-hmm. are the same thing. These dreams are what you need to know. Mm-hmm. And this is why. And yeah. so this is how you can, you know, he's, he's tuned into God, but he's not beating people over the head with it. It's mm-hmm. just that quiet, steady. steady. Yep. Yeah. When remember back when he's interpreting those dreams, he says, I can't tell you what they mean, but God can. Right. So his life is always giving that glory for whatever's happening. He's giving glory to God for it. You know what? I'm thinking now, Angie, back, remember when he was a kid? Mm-hmm. He didn't say God. He, he was like, oh, I can interpret this dream. Y'all are going to be oh. bowing down to me. Like yeah. he didn't give that glory he to God. Giving God glory then. And so as I look at this, it's like faith is this muscle that you keep working, you keep mm-hmm. working, you keep working. When he was sent to prison, he absolutely had that option into slavery, in, in, in mm-hmm. both times in prison and into slavery. He had the option of focusing on um, others getting justice. He could have let his head go to... I hope my brothers starve. I hope my brothers do this. I hope my brother, God, and crying out for that justice. God, why don't you, why do you let them live? Why are you doing this to me? He could have, and a lot of us will do that. Mm-hmm. And that's a way a lot of us get stuck. Because what Joseph did instead, oh, I'm loving him now. This, I mean, <laughs> I, I really have liked him a lot. Maybe it's the clothes. I don't know. But it was, uh, he, he had this baby faith he did have the dreams, and that sustained all the way through mm-hmm. his life. But he worked that muscle, and he made choices. And eventually, he got to this point of full forgiveness of his family. Mm-hmm. And that full forgiveness, to get to that point, you have to believe that God will meet out, met out any justice that needs to happen. And it's not on me to make sure it happens. Mm-hmm. I'm fully trusting. I have full confidence and faith in God in the way I walk in just the next step I take he has them covered mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do that so now I'm going to build my faith because I know who God is I know who God is and that just builds and builds and builds and so I'm seeing if through his whole lifetime through all the things he went to he kept making the choice to faith mm-hmm. he kept making the choice to God and this is the result because he's a man who quietly testifies about God by his very presence. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Oh, Pretty he's, awesome. Yeah. yeah. He, he's amazing. That, he is amazing. Yeah. You know, I um, was thinking about it the other day, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, other than his um, immaturity in his uh-huh. younger years, I'm looking all the way through and I'm not finding the kind of sins that all the other ones uh, played around yeah. with or, or mm-hmm. committed yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I'm not finding anything in Joseph. I'm just, I, for the first time I've noticed that mm-hmm. he is walking by faith and pretty, as far as we can tell on the straight and narrow, he makes mm-hmm. the right decisions. Mm-hmm. There's no point that I'm reading that it's you know should say anything like but joseph did have this you know one thing uh, no, he was there's... really a righteous man yeah well, wonder, and surely he had his things well everyone you know but, because he's human right but they're not written down no yeah. nothing noteworthy apparently it, yeah, yeah yeah i wonder if god was kind of protecting him a bit well, you know, yeah. he's in this society with the multi-God, right? Mm-hmm. He's married to a, a woman whose father a is a priest yeah. uh, of Ra, which mm-hmm. is what the, they worship the sun. Um, doesn't say that he, you know, went like his other people and mm-hmm. started to worship this other God of his wife. And he, mm-hmm. Pharaoh gave him his daughter as a wife. He couldn't possibly really turn that down. But I don't think that he started to worship her God. Yeah. No. Or maybe she came over to worship our God. I don't know. But Right. Well, as we, as we continue on in Genesis here, um, we learned that he, Joseph and the daughter of the priest, have two sons. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they have more sons. But just these two sons um, that they had before Jacob gets to Egypt Mm -hmm. and Jacob is so overwhelmed that um, he says, these are, I I will take these on as my own children. I will consider these my own sons Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, I was not around. Um, I can't remember exactly how he says it, but he says, you know, essentially like I wasn't around um, I never expected to see your face again. And now God has allowed me to see your children too. And so he then considers those oldest two sons of Jacob as his own sons. Mm-hmm. And the importance of that is the inheritance. Mm-hmm. Right. He's including them in his inheritance. Right. right. Um, so they are, they're accepted into that family. Mm-hmm. So it may and this is just an assumption on my part, but I would assume that they would not be quite so accepted if they were off worshiping all the Egyptian gods. A different God. Yeah. I don't think I agree with you. Yeah. Because Jacob knew how powerful his lineage was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. And those children are named Manasseh and Ephraim. Mm -hmm. And they're considered his double portion. Yes. Yeah. So Jacob um, is old when they get, <laughs> when they get to Egypt, Jacob's pretty old. Yeah. Um, but then he lives longer. Um, the, the brothers and Jacob and um, the whole tribe um, are settled in Egypt for a long time. And then Jacob dies. Um, but Jacob, they know he's old and they know he's going to die soon. Um, and he does 
die. But before this, he blesses all of his sons. Mm -hmm. And we say bless in air quotes again, because just like um, Isaac blessed, right? Um, His sons, maybe Esau's blessing was not quite as graceful as we would have expected Jake at, you know, because Jacob's blessing was like, you've got it all kid, you know, it's all going to be for you. Um, I can't, I, I'm sorry. I can't imagine being Esau and going, I got what? Right. <laughs> like, I got like, what was that? Yeah. You know? yeah. If you guys don't know, we, it was back in a previous episode, but it was just like, what? That was not a good blessing. Yeah. yeah. Not a good the, blessing. the blessing was like, you're going to spend your whole life in angst yes. and then you're going to get tired of your brother and then you're going to throw him off of your shoulders. But <laughs> That's right. a blessing. Yeah. Like, yeah. There you go. Right. Giddy right. up. Let's exactly. go. <laughs> so during all of this, um, Jacob blesses his sons, um, mm-hmm. and Joseph is included, obviously, here. But then he also blesses Manasseh and Ephraim in right. that, in all of that. And he crossed his arms. Like, right. He gave the younger son the blessing of the firstborn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah intentionally yeah because joseph was like wait 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 it's the other way around this one's the older and that one's the younger and jacob was like no i know what i'm doing and i i'm so curious about that because jacob remember he was um very tricky about getting this and he's the younger son right i just was so curious he was very intentional about this Mm -hmm. you know and joseph was not joseph was kind of the middle of the well toward the bottom of the middle of the pack of kids too. So for Joseph's people to get a double blessing um, was really something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joseph was son number 11. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the 12 sons of Jacob were become the 12 tribes of Israel. Right. Which is huge. Literally it and is. figuratively. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. <clears throat> So just a, just a quick note on that when we talk about the 12 tribes of Israel. And again, the firstborn should get the double portion, and it isn't. Joseph, the 11th one, got the double portion. Mm-hmm. But when we look at Reuben, who was the firstborn, he was deceptive and disrespectful mm-hmm. to his dad. Then you go down to the next two, Simeon and Levi, and they were violent and caused, um, caused Jacob to have a bad name among the people. And so it was, and so then it went to Judah. Now, Judah didn't get a double portion, but what he did have is he has the line of Jesus. He has the line of the Messiah. Yep. And so that was a portion to him. Mm-hmm. That's, a, yeah. that's a good portion. A very yeah. good portion. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, the rest all kind of, they have some wild things. But I think part of what Jacob was doing was, was saying, your behavior has consequences. Your choices and your actions, there still are consequences with this. Um, I, that's kind of what kind of came in on his blessing, I think. And right. also saying, this is going to be the result of what you've done. Mm-hmm. You know, right. there's a lot of them that are pretty, like, not fun. They're like Esau blessings. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of scary. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it all kind of... I mean, their personalities were their personalities, but it really started to pivot when they decided they were going to get rid of Joseph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that was yeah. that, and that was their intentional 
pre-thought, um, meditated, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So, so as we look at our faith walk and things like that, our actions have consequences. Right. God lets us have choice, but he doesn't say that you don't have a consequence as a result of that choice. Mm-hmm. That's right. He has forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's clearly in here. Tremendous forgiveness and love. Mm-hmm. But choices have consequences. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's, mm. And so, sometimes they're far-reaching. Right. Generational. I was yeah. going to say. Not just to you, yeah. but it could be to yeah. your children or your grandchildren as well. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. So Jacob dies, so right? Jacob dies, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And Joseph is so sad. Joseph is just heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And they do something that is not that is not the norm once Jacob dies. Mm-hmm. They embalm him and they move his body. Yeah. Can I, and I just, in general, this is towards the end of 49 and the beginning of 50 when they're talking about all this. Mm-hmm. It is to me some of the most tender pieces of the Bible, how Jacob is expressing his love for his dad. And his grief over that. And that's another thing I noticed too. Wow, I'm really liking Joseph a lot. Mm-hmm. When he was meeting with his brothers, they multiple times mentioned that he wept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this guy was a manly man in touch with his feelings. Mm-hmm. But just very expressive in his feelings and his love. and his. Um, I, I really like Joseph. I'm on mm-hmm. a Joseph kick right now. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Well, and. Apparently, everybody else felt the same way about Joseph. Yeah. yeah. When Jacob dies, Joseph goes to Pharaoh and says, please let me take some time off so that mm-hmm. I can go bury my father where he wants to be buried. Mm-hmm. He's buried and, in his land. And Pharaoh's all in favor of that. It's like, mm-hmm. do what you got to do. Go bury your dad. Um, and not only that, but Pharaoh sends his officials, dignitaries, yeah, dignitaries. all the dignitaries of Egypt, it says here. Um, besides all the members of Joseph's household and his brothers and those belonging to his father. And only the children and the flocks and herds were left in Goshen. Chariots and horsemen also went up with him, and it was a very large company. I mean, talk about honor yes. yeah. and yeah. dignity, the mm-hmm. way that um, – and this is not necessarily for Jacob. No, right. It's, it's for, for Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. I yeah. thought about, you know, when you um, – are anywhere driving or on the side of the street. Anyways, when you see a funeral procession go by and you see, <clears throat> excuse me, car after car after car after car, you automatically know this person was well loved. Mm-hmm. So when you see all these chariots and, and pomp and circumstance going with them, um, you know, this person was honored. Yeah. So I have, I have a friend who says, I love all of you, and I know you want to be together. But when that procession hits, everybody rides in their own car. <laughs> so it's bigger. <laughs> that is so scary. Oh, I love it. I was like, that, that's their dying wish. They said, you know what? When that happens, I get it. But everybody gets their own car. Get in your own car. My procession's going to be long. Oh, long. baby. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Oh, well, they so have they to, go and yeah. they bury Jacob, and then they go back to Egypt. Mm-hmm. And here are the brothers again. Yep. And now, now they're, they're nervous. Yes. yes. And they and go ahead. And once again, they fall at his feet. 
Mm-hmm. They're bowing down to him again. And um, yeah, I bet, you know, like think Joseph must think back, not haughtily, I don't think, but, and not maybe not proudly, but thinks back to his dreams. Mm-hmm. And see God, because he says in here, you know, don't worry about it. Don't, you're fine. We're all fine. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Um, so again, it's like, wow, yeah, it's mm-hmm. awesome. So just, what, what the brothers were afraid of was that now that the hand of Jacob, their father, is lifted mm-hmm. because he's gone, mm-hmm. Joseph could kill them again. Yeah. Now they're all here. They've all invested. Yeah. They've all spent yeah. years here. Now they're going to pay. Yeah. And so uh, underlying... Underlying all this is the fact that now, I think I mentioned it yesterday, I don't know, but now all the Israelites are in Egypt, mm-hmm. which leads to Joseph, you know, saying, surely, you know, you'll be aid, you're, you're, oh, excuse me, surely God will come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up from this place because he's telling them, they don't really know it yet. They're going to be in slavery uh, for generations and like what, 400 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's saying to them, don't, when the time comes, do not leave me in this foreign land where I'm an alien. Bring me up, take my bones out of here with you when you go. And they have no idea what's in store for them. <laughs> ahead. But um, God knows. So it's really interesting. God will surely come to your aid. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not sure that Joseph knew they were going to be in slavery or maybe he did because that's a kind of an odd thing to say. He might've said, surely God will prosper you in this land or something like that. But he also knew that the promise of God was that they would be in their own in promised their own land. land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he knew it wasn't going to stay here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like if he knew it was slavery, it's like, surely y'all need to move pretty quick now because you will not have my blessing. I'm not, you know, and take my bones with you. It's like, this gig's over. This is done, you know. But Joseph has seen God's faithfulness in his own life, thrown in a pit, sold into mm-hmm. slavery, thrown into prison. And so even though a lot of bad things have happened, he has seen God's faithfulness and so he recognizes, I think, that God's faithfulness, while it extended to him personally, also extends to the people of Israel. Right. And so he knows that no matter what's going to happen, God will get them to Canaan someday. They will, he will get them to the promised land. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, whether he knows that they're going to be slaves in Egypt or not, it's, we don't, we're not real clear on that. But, um, but I think he just knows no matter what, God's going to take care of them. He's going to be there their salvation, their shield. Mm-hmm. Well, and they, um, in chapter 46, um, verse 27, the Israelites settled in Goshen, acquired property, were fruitful and increased greatly in number. Number. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, so they had a lot of generations in Egypt where they were doing great. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, in I fact, see. that's why they were eventually taken into slavery, right? Yeah. Because they became too prosperous and the yeah. new king didn't like it. Right. Well, and why didn't they at some point say, okay, the famine's over. We've done great here in Egypt. It's time to go home. They don't do that. Mm-hmm. Instead, they sort of settle in 
and with a cushy life to a nice life, right? Hey, Not remember this is kind of the area of the Giza Valley where the um, my pillow sheets are made. That's right. <laughs> be hard, so to very leave fertile. Maybe hard to leave those Giza cotton sheets. Good Egyptian cotton. That's right. That's right. That's I right. think it's so funny to think about like, okay, now the, all the Israelites are there. Mm-hmm. Well, now that seems when we think about it, like to have all the Israelites there, you know, when Joseph is ruling, mm-hmm. essentially, um, to have all the Israelites there seems so big and huge, but it wasn't at the time. The Israelites were Jacob's kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And their families. And their families. You're right. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, we just moved our compound from here to there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the Israelites started, how the Israelites started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were thousands and thousands of people. You're right. They were just, you know, less than a hundred. Right. Rosemary's math is 77, you know? Plus, plus the women, because, right, they're not counting right. all the women. But still, not a lot of people. You're right. Right. And then they nationized. And then and they, they nationized. Themselves. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Mm. Yeah. So that's where we see, um, you know, at the end of this, this is where we see Joseph um, tying back into that Hebrews part where he's saying, you know, these are the instructions for my bones. Don't leave me there. Don't leave me here. Take me to that land that God has promised yep. to our people. Right. Um, when you go back, when you go home, take me with you. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and Joseph's faith has carried him from that kid that was the tattletale in the fancy coat. Yeah. All the way through to leading this nation of people, mm-hmm. um, these nations of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and being able to say, this is, this is not home. This is not my home. Take mm-hmm. me home when you go there. When you go there. Which is so funny, too, when you think about it, because I know we've lived here in Michigan now for 23 or 4 years. So my kids grew up here. This is home. We made this our home. Mm. Um, so even though Joseph spent almost his entire life, really, in mm-hmm. Egypt, that still wasn't. And he made a life. He had a great life there. Mm-hmm. He still saw home out there where God had said his home was. Right. That's something I, go Go ahead, ahead. Suzanne. No, that's right. I was just going to say that's something that I think we can um, really relate to. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I lived in one town and then um, right before I started middle school, we moved to another town that was like an hour and a half away. Right. And I felt like my life was over because I was uprooted and moved and I didn't know anybody and, you know, I was a middle schooler anyway. So, um, but then I lived in that town. My parents still live in that town. My parents still live in the house that we moved into. I mean, that's like home. And my deep desire for so many years was to be somewhere that was quote unquote home. Yeah. I wanted to be somewhere and I wanted to put roots down. And I mean, I wanted my roots to be deep and wide and thick and mm. hearty. But my husband was a soldier. I was going to say, then you married a soldier. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And even when, even when he was active duty, that was still my heart's desire. Mm-hmm. Um, and a very wise woman, um, I was talking with her about this. And she said, you know, I struggled with that for a long time, too. Um, I mean, my, my parents live within 20 miles of their siblings' 20 miles of um, where my grandfather was born 
and who lives across the street from the house that he was born in. You know, I mean, generations are, mm. are there. Um, and we live on the other side of the country, and that was not my plan. Um, yes. But this woman said to me, she said, you know, my plan was always to set roots down and just be planted, and that's where I was going to be. She said, but that's not what God has for me. Yeah. And she said, maybe that's not what God has for you. She said, roots are built in Him and are developed in Him, mm. and that never changes. It doesn't matter where you go and it doesn't matter who you have yourself surrounded by. Mm -hmm. Those roots are in him and he will send off those offshoots to gather in all of those people who can help you develop those roots. She said, but once you figure out that your roots are in him, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be home. Wow. So wise. That was great wisdom. Yeah. And we've lived, you know, lots of different places Mm -hmm. and, They've all felt like home now because that's where we have, we've, our roots are deep in Christ. Yeah. And in our little, our little four person family, you know, and home is just wherever God sends us. So that's a, a great lesson too. And we look at that with Jacob. We can't look at this earth as our home. Right. Yeah. Our home is in heaven with God. Yeah. We are strangers in a foreign land. Yeah. Yep. And to remember that that's what's going on. And Mm -hmm. I love that, Suzanne, that it's that our roots are in Jesus. Our Mm -hmm. roots are in God. Yeah. And once we get that, yeah. It it, it makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Makes Mm -hmm. a huge difference. Yeah. So, anyway, well, that's kind of us wrapping up Joseph. Um, Mm -hmm. Where are we really? We really worked on him, didn't we? For that we one did. verse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and seriously, if anyone wants to dig deeper, there's a long, long yeah. way a lot to we dig. Skipped. Yeah. So oh, yeah. much. Yeah. It's yeah. so much. Yeah. If you ever right. want to do a character study, Joseph is. He's an awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome he's he's kind of even just like an, an archetype of Jesus. He is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So be considered that. So it's like consider that aspect of it if you're digging. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a great one to analyze. Yeah. So. So. All right. Well, would somebody like to pray us out for today? Yes, I would. Great. So, Lord, we just praise you, God. We just thank you. God, we thank you for Joseph. We thank you for um, his example to us on how we can live our life, Lord Jesus, just looking at you and having our focus on you. And God, when things go wrong, in our opinion, or things aren't done the way we believe they should be, God, we just ask that we double down on you. Mm. We double down on you and we set our roots in you, Lord. And we know where we stand, God. And we pray for that security and that faith and that strength to just continue to grow in us, Lord. And we just um, continue to use that muscle of faith And a part of that is just having that focus on you and who you are. And so, Lord, we just just lift you up, God. We lift your word up. We thank you for this opportunity to study. We pray um, that people's eyes will be opened according to what you want them to see in this, Lord. We pray that they are drawn to you, Lord, through this study, through your word. God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be with you. And we just praise you in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.